Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Hey, hey, it is another Georgia football Saturday and another Georgia football win. My name is Wes Blankenship. This is the Georgia show after the dog's big win at South Carolina, 48 to seven. Here are our instant reactions. As I get this link out to our Jake Rowe, who is in Columbia. We'll see when he can hop on. He's got some loose ends to tie up as we cover this one for Georgia. 1-0 in SEC play, 3-0 on the season, and the Dogs did give up their first touchdown of the year. I think they'll take it, though, as this one is a stomping, a whooping. Georgia over 500 yards of total offense. Stetson Bennett just shy of 300 yards passing, but – Georgia didn't need it today. Georgia handled its business in a real message, a real statement. Was Oregon a fluke? No way. Was Samford a red flag for a team that may be able to beat itself and not stay focused, play down to its competition? No way. Georgia did anything but play down to its competition today in this one. 48-7 to the final as the Dogs handle their SEC opener with ease. Stetson Bennett, let's take a look at what he did through the air. The mailman was 16 of 23 for 284 yards. I mentioned he didn't make the 300-yard benchmark today. Hasn't done that since last season. Uh, looking, looking back to the national championship, that's when uh, Stetson fell short of 300 last time. 
Jake Rowe joining me now and definitely invite you guys in the comments to weigh in. Tell me what you saw from the game. What are you the most excited about? We'll get to all the comments we can as we react to this one. But Jake Rowe uh, is in and out here with his Braves cap and shades. Kind of looks like Brian Snicker in the Braves dugout. I don't know if the uh, internet is failing him there. Uh, a lot of things failing for the South Carolina Gamecocks today. Hopefully our own Jake Rose internet, not one of those casualties. Uh, when I look at this game, I see Georgia taking a step towards real domination. And I don't want to say the other D word, which is dynasty. But this is total domination. Georgia beated, uh, beated. Georgia beat, defeated South Carolina like it was Vanderbilt. Jake Rowe, let's try to get you in here again, my man. Can you hear me? We'll let Jake try to get his uh, screen set up here. Uh, Georgia defeats South Carolina like it's Vanderbilt. I mean, this is a real statement for the dogs who have definitely gone on the road and beat teams like Vanderbilt in the SEC before. But this one is South Carolina. It's supposed to be a, a rivalry game for the Gamecocks. And Georgia really, really looks dominant. Jake, can you hear me now, my friend? Yeah, I got you. So uh, tell me about your instant reactions. We spoke briefly at halftime, but I don't know if everyone who listened to that uh, is in on this call as well. This is the Georgia Show. Instant reactions to Georgia's 48-7 win over South Carolina. We invite you to subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can catch all of our live shows, including our weekly post-game instant reactions. Jake, top of mind for this game. What do you think about these dogs, my man? Well, obviously, you know, that first half, when you jump all over a team like that, that's something that, that you really take note of. It's impressive. You score touchdowns the first three drives. But then the, to maintain that edge going into the second half with such a big lead, um, you know, they didn't do that last week against Sanford. They did that this week. I mean, you, you get a couple of quick touchdowns there. Um, in the uh, in the in the uh, third quarter, Brock Bowers is just ridiculous uh, in, in kind of what he was able to do. And, uh, you know, you get a touchdown from the backup quarterback there in Carson Beck. Probably should have had two touchdowns from him. I mean, that would have been a 51-point yeah, game right there. Uh, Georgia did a lot of really good things. I like how they run, ran the ball. I still think the running backs can get more out of what's there. Um, but, you know, Dejon Edwards ran well. There's just a lot of really good things to take away from this game. And it even includes how the defense played there at the end. I mean, I know South Carolina, uh, they got it. They got set up with a short field, and Georgia gave up a touchdown, but they also, you know, got down there and, and held one time as well. So it's, it was just an all-around uh, positive game. And, and, and I say that while knowing that I don't think Stetson Bennett – you know, illness notwithstanding, I don't think he had his best stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he was as sharp as, as he can be, uh, and, and he was still very much in control. Stetson in control today. You mentioned his illness. Um, he's going to go viral for this one for sure, puking on the field. That's not what you want as a player. The report from Kirby was that Stetson was overhydrated. And I don't know how many people are aware of that, but if you find out the hard way, you can drink too much water. And I think Stetson was preparing for that Columbia heat, maybe a little too prepared. And as you mentioned, Jake, uh, we spoke about this at halftime. Stetson a lot, throwing a lot of these bubble screens out of the field. And I'm not an expert here. I, I lean on the guys who are experts. 
Eric Zier on Georgia's radio broadcast brings up how difficult it is to hit these receivers who are running at that weird angle, peeling out of the backfield. And that's a lot of the areas where Stetson's throwing incompletions. It's surprising when you look at it, but it's only a few yards in front of him. And sometimes he's, he's short hopping them. I know he's working on it and trying to get better at it in practice, but if there's any glaring offense about this, uh, any glaring weakness about this Munkin offense right now, so far, it's that play. Did you notice the same thing? A little bit. Um, you know, I know he, it looked like he had one maybe slip out of his hand on one of those screens. I mean, I saw him put some on the money as well. I mean, it, it is a tough throw. It's a timing throw. It's a rhythm throw. And if there's anything that kind of knocks you out of that, uh, it, it kind of makes it tough. But, yeah, I, I, I did notice that a little bit. And, and I think you're going to notice it from a lot of guys, you know, putting it on the wrong shoulder, putting it on the wrong hip, just not being perfect with it. Um, but I will say this, uh, I thought South Carolina coming off of Georgia's play action bootleg game and things like that, South Carolina stayed home. They didn't let Bennett get out to the edge. And he was one of the things that really impressed me about impressed me uh, about him today was how he would come out of that play fake, get his eyes around and with a guy in his face, knowing he couldn't do a whole lot with it um, because of how he had a guy bearing down on him. He still was able to get the ball to an open guy and get something out of nothing. So how about uh... – Stetson today, obviously, you know, picking up that score with his legs looked impressive. The Heisman candidacy, the legend grows for him. But Brock Bowers, this was his game. This was the Brock Bowers game to me. And when you see what Brock did, one carry for five yards and a score, two touchdown receptions, that last one, he did a lot of the work. We spoke about this so much coming into the year, Jake, about how good Georgia's tight ends were going to be and how Brock Bowers' stats might take a hit because of that because he can't defend all of them. Darnell Washington and Brock did a phenomenal job blocking today on a lot of Georgia's other successful explosive plays, but you can't account for everybody, and sometimes Brock's just going to get off. He is. I mean, he's he's just – He's too good of a talent to, you know, just to stop him game in and game out. And I thought, you know, AD kind of AD missing in this game. Georgia travels eight wide receivers to South Carolina. You know, I had a feeling that this would be a game where they would work on trying to get the ball to him a little bit more. And and what makes him so tough to defend is all the different ways you can get him the ball. I mean, you know, there there have been some incredible tight ends that have played this game over the years. Not many of them uh, make big plays when you give them little pop passes on jet sweep motion. Uh, not many of them have taken end arounds for touchdowns and not many of them, you know, catch those little short passes over the middle, make two guys miss and go 78 yards for a touchdown. And Brock Bowers did those things. He, he's a, uh, he's a guy that's going to clearly be a big part of what Georgia does, you know, this year and next year. And uh, he, he showed uh, that difference making talent today. Let's get to some comments. Cornelius Bolds says, go dogs. Bubby Dean says, go dogs. Tomahawk Dog says, like that hat. I don't know if he's talking about my hat, available at Outsider.com or Jake Rose Braves hat. I think they're both pretty sharp. Speaking of the Braves, we got Tomahawk Dog coming in here. How about them dogs? And Michael Lowry with the Go Dogs. You know, I, I thought that this chat, Jake, could be a fun one for Georgia fans. Obviously, the Oregon win was big and it was exciting, but there's nothing like going on the road and winning in the SEC, regardless of how good or bad South Carolina is, what do you think Georgia takes from this as it looks ahead to the rest of its schedule? For me, 
I thought it guaranteed uh, and confirmed that that win over Oregon wasn't a fluke. And and I know Georgia will face tougher competition than South Carolina uh, going on down the rest of the stretch. But to pick up this win today, Jake, what does it tell you about what this team could be capable of? Well, I tell you, Wes, one of the most important things I think you take away from this game is you learn how good you can be and how much you can help yourself. And I know this sounds so weird to say how much you can help yourself by not beating yourself. And Georgia, again, gets out turnover free. Uh, they the penalties were at a minimum. There weren't many of them. I know they had a had a had they had three for twenty yards. Fifteen of those yards came on a kickoff when Nolan Smith blocked the guy all the way out of bounds. Um, you know that was probably a little bit of an undisciplined penalty there. But three penalties for twenty yards, no turnovers. They didn't allow a tackle for loss until late in the fourth quarter. That's that's a that's putting on a clinic on how to you know come out and meet expectations by simply playing good, solid, smart football and not beating yourself. We got some more comments here. Bubby Dean, and, and I needed to touch on this too. I needed to atone for this. Bubby Dean says, I apologize for underestimating the dogs coming into the game. I had us winning by only 17 points. I thought the heat and crowd would be a bigger factor. There is no drop-off for this team. Go dogs. Jake, we made our picks over at dogshq.com before this one. I, I thought Georgia wouldn't have much trouble winning I didn't know if they'd cover just because of how weird Columbia can be, how, it, how difficult it can be to go in there and win, especially if you don't start off strong. I, I didn't see anything in the stats that told me Georgia would struggle with Carolina, but I wasn't going to be surprised to see a little bit of a scrap here. Maybe I overestimated how good South Carolina could be, but this was a thorough, sound win. And I don't expect Kirby Smart to be making any statements about this team having a rebuilding season, regardless of what happens at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I don't think you were you were going to hear that anyway. But uh, yeah, this I mean, this is a reload effort, and I'm, that's not to say that they're not going to struggle down the line or they're not going to you know have the mistakes that have yet to crop up yet. But um, it's it's in that that it's it's kind of. It's almost – you just don't see it a whole lot. You don't see a team do what Georgia did last year, that emotional high, that breakthrough, that re, you know sense of relief that most people would have uh, after what Georgia accomplished last year. And then for them to come out and be as sharp as they are this year, I think they've got a very hungry football team, and I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. Palmer Tom's down uh, catching up with the players and with Kirby Smart right now. Uh, we'll have that sound up later on Dogs HQ's YouTube channel. Uh, so I, I know we're going to hear that Kirby Smart is not satisfied with the team. We're going to hear all those things from him. But what did you think about his matchup with Shane Beamer? And Beamer, being a, a former assistant of Kirby, you know, I, I saw Kirby really let his dogs loose against Dan Lanning. He kind of called the dogs off against his former boss. Uh, Hatcher at Sanford, but once again, Kirby taking it to one of his former assistants. Do you make anything of that? Does Kirby really have that much more respect for Hatcher, or is that just how the game played out today? I think that's how the play game played out. Uh, you know, I think that you know Georgia had this game in hand. I mean, you look down and and you look at a score of uh, what was it? Uh, that half it was like uh, thirty-eight nothing. 
before he put in the backups. He puts the backups in in the third quarter. You got to let them play. You got to let them do their thing. And, you know, Carson Beck throws a touchdown. He gets down there. Should have thrown another touchdown, as we mentioned. They get a field goal out of that. I think he just wanted to stay aggressive. And I think that's something that may be a product of something we were just talking about. And that's kind of that whole reload effort. I think if you're trying to reload and you're trying to build some killer instinct, within your team and, and teach some of maybe these young guys that didn't have a big role last year working on the team last year how to be winners. Uh, you want to keep you want to kind of keep them with their foot on the gas. Last year you had a veteran team and they could kind of pull their foot off the gas a little bit and uh, and and you know that those guys knew you know what it was for. I think you might be seeing a coach that is uh, that is leaning into a more aggressive, a more you know like I said pedal to the metal type approach because he has a younger football team. Uh, getting a little bit of feedback on your mic, Jake. I'm not sure if you've got your laptop turned up a little bit too loud over there. Um, you know, when you look at a blowout like this one, it's easy to say, you know, Georgia's just that just that much more dominant than South Carolina. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where this feedback's coming from. Yeah, me neither. Um, but, you know, next week they got a little bit of a tune-up game. I don't want to play the win-loss game at this point in the year because it is a one-game schedule. But when you look down at the rest of Georgia's schedule this upcoming season, I mean, you, you mentioned Georgia not beating itself. You mentioned Georgia playing to a standard of not letting things crop up where they don't need to crop up, unneeded issues. They're very disciplined. And I think that showed in a road win today. But where do you at this point see Georgia's greatest challenge on the schedule coming up. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hold on, you're... I muted my mic. Yeah, it's just yep. to keep going. It's to keep going. The challenge is to try and be better. You know, every you know Kirby would say every play, every day, uh, but it's just to be better every week. It's to find a way to be more sound, to make fewer mistakes, to to not just to make fewer mistakes and and you know get get less punished by them, but get you know fewer mistakes that you get away with. And, uh, you know, I do believe in that when Kirby says that and talks about, yeah, we did this wrong, but we got away with it or we, did, or we made that mistake and we got away with it. I, I don't think he's lying. I mean, I think you flip on the tape and you see a guy that doesn't come down and and, you know, set the edge or you see a guy that, that misses a guy in coverage. And and those are things that you've got to try and correct as a coach. And I think that's what George is. And that's why it's so hard to get there and stay there is because you kind of get into a battle against yourself. And that's what hold that whole culture thing is, that whole play to a standard thing is is if you get them used to that if you make that the the, the regular part of what you do uh, it it's not a shock whenever you get to the top of the mountain and try to stay there by, by basically you know going against yourself every day uh jamil ficklin saying uh wants to see more branson robinson and dejon edwards moving forward or the ability to make people miss in space is good hey um, I, I i'll point out there i mean listen i, I was impressed with those guys too 
those guys got a little bit more action, a lot of more, a lot more action against a worn out defense than the uh, than the other running backs did. That's a good point, and you know that depth at running back is just so stout. I mean, Georgia misses out on Andrew Paul with the injury this year, and for those guys, Cash Jones also getting in there, getting a lot of a lot of play time. Uh, those are some names that you might get to know a lot about with the way Georgia playing uh, that it is right now, even in SEC competition. Uh, when you look at the stats for today, Jake, I mean, the, the backups may give us more to talk about than some of the starters with, with Delt being in there. A lot of people wondering about Arik Gilbert's lack of uh, uh, presence on the travel roster. Obviously, A.D. Mitchell was hurt. I don't want to take away from Oscar Delp's catch. Obviously, he was a former South Carolina target, so that's got to be tough to see him get in the end zone in Columbia. What do fans need to know about Arik Gilbert? And I know this is banging the drum for you, but a lot of people ask that haven't heard us talk about him already. And and you have some good perspective on his absence from the roster right now. Is there anything to worry about with Gilbert? Because Georgia's tight end depth will need to be there as the season goes on. Injuries are inevitable. What's the deal with Gilbert? I uh, just he's got to put it together. He's got to put it together. He's got to do it consistently because if he if he doesn't, then he's not going to get on the field. And if he was out there having good practice after good practice each week, uh, he would be on the field. And he and he's he's not doing that right now um, for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really tell you what's going on inside the kid's mind or what's going on in his life, but I can tell you that uh, you know Kirby Smart has been pretty blunt, pretty to the point about it. Uh, Eric Eric has has struggled to be consistent and you know it goes back to that culture thing if you're going to have a culture of you know listen you want everybody to come in and do it day in and day out and earn it and you've got a guy who's not doing that it doesn't matter how talented it is he just can't get there because of the effect that that you know making an exception would have on everybody else and uh you know if he i think that over time they're going to work with him the staff's going to work with him i think they're going to do what's right by him uh but um they've just they've got to kind of hammer home that point that they want consistency and they want a guy to earn what they get i got another comment here on the youtube stream about georgia's running game cornelius bolds uh, Cornelius, I don't know if this is tongue-in-cheek or not. If so, I tip my cap to you. But if you're worried about the running game today, let's take a look at what the dogs did on the ground. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different people run the football for 35 total carries, 208 yards, an average of 5.9, three scores on the ground. Jake, you said it coming in. You thought this could be an opportunity for Georgia to get right as it concerns running the football, not just because Arkansas did a good job, but because South Carolina is weak at stopping it. Georgia had a lot of success everywhere today, but running the football wasn't a concern of mine, even if the dogs didn't pick it up the traditional way that they do. There were some reverses in there, uh, some different inner rounds, different things like that. But the O-line and the perimeter blocking, I thought, was very impressive. But, yeah, th- there were some, you know, non-traditional runs in there, but it wasn't a situation where they had one or two uh, scrambles or end-of-rounds that just massively skewed the stats. I mean, they had a 13-yard gain on an end-of-round, a 15-yard gain on a quarterback run. Uh, you know, I thought the offensive line had a heck of a game. I mean, again, 
one tackle for a loss all game. That happened late in the fourth quarter. Uh, very little pressure on the quarterback. Um, I, I think Georgia is – I think if anything, if I was concerned about anything in the run game, it would be with how Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton right now and today, um, they didn't really get a whole lot more than what was there. I, I felt like, you know, they once they wore South Carolina down a little bit, you saw Branson Robinson and, and Dejon Edwards and even Cash Jones start to maybe get a little bit more of what was what than what was there. Uh, but but got to do a better job of breaking tackles, of, of seeing, you know, the optimal run lane and uh, and getting where you got to go. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. The yards <laughs> and they ran after. it well today. They ran it well today. I'll say this too. They ran it well today when they had to, which was in short yardage and in the red area. They were able to run it today when they had to, and, and they did a nice job of it. In South Carolina, you know, I know you look at the run stats. They've given up over 200 yards in every game they've played this year. And, you know, Georgia just one. Still, more. Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch are good players. No doubt. No doubt. A lot of that talent names that Georgia went up against South Carolina for in recruiting. You know, they just can't get all of them. Yep. And there is a lot of talent there. How impressed were you with Malachi Starks, not just on the interception, uh, but doing what he's been able to do? And the other freshman, Michael Williams, just being able to be freshman, come in pick up this defense, is that special to them? Is that particular to them? Or do you really notice a lot more true freshmen being ready to come in and impact Power 5 football games right now? They're more ready now than they've ever been. They're going to be more ready next year probably than they are this year. There's this training and the, and the education, the football education that these guys get at an early age is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, you can look at Malachi Starch, right? He's a guy that didn't even play a ton of safety in high school. He played a lot of quarterback, and he played some. I'm not trying to, you know, make it be like, man, he's brand new to the defensive back position. But, you know, they throw a wheel right at him. He snuffs out. He gets on top of it. Spencer Rattler tries to get in there anyway with a back shoulder throw. He adjusts to that and makes that play. Uh, he's, he's just a special talent. And, and Michael Williams is too. I mean, Michael Williams had a couple of really impactful plays in this game that – probably won't show up as big time stats on the stat sheet. There were good plays and George's got some really good ones who are prepared and, and, you know, it can't be ignored that they had what 18 or 19 um, that who have been on campus for the better part of, of, you know, the 2022 year. And, and that's key. What's been the biggest surprise to you about this Georgia game, Georgia team through three games? I just, just way it feels it feels a lot like last year the way that they're taking that business like approach and and really getting after teams and jumping all over them. I think that's that's just huge. It's not something that you know you saw it with the set 2017 team with those blowouts. You're seeing it now. They're just not they're not kind of going out there and feeling their way through it. They're just going out there and kind of um, kind of getting in, getting into the groove and, and and getting after these teams and hitting them in the mouth right away. Yeah, and how about Will Muschamp going back to Columbia? No love lost from South Carolina fans for that guy. But Coach a lot of money in his pocket. Sitting pretty right now, isn't he? And the yeah, he's feeling good. defensive situation with Glenn Schumann's working out as well. Dan Jackson getting a pick today. Tresman Marshall getting an interception today where Georgia was still fighting to keep the Gamecocks out of the end zone, but the Dogs give up their first touchdown of the year late with about a minute left. So a lot of – minor, minor defeats for Georgia in this game in the grand scheme of things, but a huge win uh, overcoming the injury to A.D. Mitchell. Jalen Carter 
coming in uh, apparently was kind of a late, I don't want to say scratch, but wasn't as impactful maybe as he could have been. Yeah, definitely he, didn't play that. Yeah, what was the deal with Jalen? Uh, the report there is an ankle. Um, from what I understand, that was uh, – I believe the broadcast said that during the game, kind of got it relayed to me later on. Uh, he came in, I believe, Georgia's first third down of the game. May have, may have gotten a couple more third downs. Uh, but, you know, you pointed out that you had heard on the radio that he was banged up, and then I saw him have a conversation with Kirby Smart in pregame where they were talking about some things, and then Jalen didn't really do much other in pregame other than that. And then he uh, he did get into the game, but not a ton. Let's get one more question in here. I know you got some – Post-game work to wrap up yourself. Tomahawk Dog asking, how much does Georgia have to pay Munkin to keep him? He's one of the best. And I think it's a name-your-price kind of deal if the season continues yeah. to go the way it is right now. Yeah, I mean, they're already paying him extremely well. I think it's just going to mainly come down to does he find the opportunity to coach at, in the NFL that he wants. Um, he can be picky. I mean, he's making really good money right now. And – he can be picky with, with, you know, what – he can be a guy that can have a list of demands. I want to call plays. I want to do this. I want to do that. And if he if he can kind of, you know, find the, the perfect opportunity, you're not going to be able to keep a guy like that. I mean, it's tough to keep a guy from wanting to go coach at the highest level. Um, but uh, he is a uh, – he's a very good offensive coordinator, and I've been impressed with how he's been able to keep teams off balance. It seems like he's almost toying with some of these college defensive coordinators and the talent – Gap is what it is. South Carolina was without a very, very good cornerback in Cam Smith today. That's not the live golfer from Australia. That is the uh, pro candidate in Cam Smith. That hurt. You really saw it on Brock's touchdown where he just took it the distance. One of his three scores on the day, 121 yards. I mean, that guy's snaps, his reps, everything he's doing could potentially eat into Stetson's Heisman campaign. Uh, they could eat each other's odds at that one if that continues to happen, but I don't see it. I think every game is just going to be which skill player takes over, which guy is uncovered because you can't cover them all. I mean, look, we've seen Lad McConkey have a very solid start to the season. Wasn't a huge factor today. Uh, so it's just kind of like whack-a-mole. Who can you stop? Who can you try to stop? Who can you try to contain? And Todd Munkin's mind against some of these defensive coordinators and some of this talent depth is not ideal for a lot of a lot of teams. Uh, Jake, we're going to catch up one more time this weekend when we do our Sunday night live show. Uh, somewhat long drive back to Athens. I know you have some work to do. Can you plug what you got coming up on dogshq.com? So uh, we're going to – we're going to have the, uh, the post game. I, I've already posted my instant analysis uh, from the game, just some thoughts on what I saw uh, from up here in the press box. Uh, we're going to hand out some game balls here in just a little bit, and we'll have all the news covered for you. Uh, also, tomorrow morning, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a report card up grading uh, Georgia's performance against South Carolina and uh, so much more. Palmer, Palmer Toms, our, uh, our guy PT, will have the uh, – We'll have his um, rest and react tomorrow morning as well. So a ton of thoughts, ton of analysis uh, later this week. We'll also have an X's and O's breakdown, video breakdown of the game as well. I can't wait to see all that. A lot of things that you don't catch in real time, uh, like Stetson Bennett throwing up on the field. You may have missed that, and I'm, I'm sure that's part of the story for, for you when you look at the X's and O's. certainly is for me. 
I was impressed with his ability to really move past that, stay in the game. And a lot of fans are going to be hydrating tonight as well. Don't overdo it. Get a balance of whatever beverage you're sipping on and some electrolytes. Don't drink an entire gallon of water like Stetson Bennett did, I think, leading up to this game. Jake, uh, I appreciate it, dude. Y'all have a safe travel back. Uh, very entertaining insight as well on our message board throughout the game. Great resource over at Dogs HQ. We'll catch you next time. And hopefully right, we'll catch y'all uh, listening today on this live stream tomorrow night. We will have our Dog Sunday show on Dogs HQ's YouTube. The Georgia show is live every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Please subscribe to the channel if you don't already. Thank you for your comments today. Tomahawk Dog, Cornelius, Jamil, Bubby Dean, Michael Lowry. I don't think I missed anybody. Thank you all so much for engaging with us. We love it. We love the instant chat on YouTube. And we invite you to do the same thing tomorrow night right here. Dogs HQ's YouTube channel. Subscribe to it so you don't miss it. We have a $1 deal going on at Dogs HQ for premium content. That's still up. Don't miss out on that. As Jake mentioned, a lot of premium stuff behind our paywall, but it's only $1 for an entire year to access that stuff, and y'all don't want to miss it as we continue to cover a very good football team, a very good win today in Columbia. Hope y'all have a great night, a safe night. Robert Sharpton with a late comment here, just like that late touchdown from South Carolina. Good win by the dogs. Appreciate that, Robert. Appreciate y'all. We'll catch you next time over here on Dogs HQ. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 